Hello and welcome back to another episode on Fitness for Pregnancy and Beyond, where we talk all things fitness for preconception, pregnancy, and postpartum so that you can feel confident moving your body during these amazing chapters of your life. So today we're going to be diving into what the first 12 weeks postpartum look like for you and your fitness journey. So before we dive into all the juicy details, I did just want to extend excitement for all the women who are participating in the first Fitness for Pregnancy program. It's a 12-week high-touch educational live coaching um, group program um, where the the ladies, they get personalized fitness plans. They get support from a registered dietitian for the nutrition aspect of a healthy pregnancy. And then you get to do it with a group. So these women are on fire. They're outstanding. And I cannot wait to just have a transformative experience with them because there's literally nothing better than feeling confident during your pregnancy. So huge shout out to them. If you're still interested in joining, you absolutely still can. We are one week in, so I can get you in for 12 weeks of coaching starting today and you it won't even be like you missed a beat if you join today. So definitely message me. Uh, my Instagram is janelle.fatlosscoach. So reach out to me on Instagram. I'm really active on Instagram. That's probably the best place to find me. So send me a message and let's get you started. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. Our main topics today are going to be understanding postpartum recovery, safe exercises for those first 12 weeks after you have your baby, the importance of nutrition and rest, and then finally emotional well-being and kind of tying that all into what your goals for fitness, like what, why are they actually important to you um, after you have children? your priority shift and so do your reasons for participating in things like fitness. So we're going to tie that into the end. So we're going to touch on some things about breastfeeding throughout this throughout this episode today and setting realistic expectations and knowing if you know if you have 20 minutes to work out, what should you actually be doing to continue feeling like you're maintaining your strength and that you're not necessarily, you know, falling behind or putting yourself in a situation where in a year from now, you wished you would have prioritized these, you know, these habits and topics of fitness. So let's go ahead and just dive in. Um, first thing here is understanding postpartum recovery. So what's actually happening to your body right after you have a baby? And um, so this first segment, especially if you're a first-time mom, this is going to be really, really, really helpful for you to listen to. If you feel, if you've had children before, and this is something that you're already familiar with, with hormonal changes and what to expect as far as like the exhaustion goes, um, maybe a section that you might already feel familiar with, but definitely if you're a first time mom, definitely t- like tune into this first segment. So hormonal adjustments, what's so, 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 so crazy is that the, directly after you give birth, the way that your body knows how to produce milk is a hormone shift. So hormone shifts are literally the home of our healing and they they induce our milk supply. So that's all hormone related. And even with our uterus shrinking. So when your uterus expands while you're pregnant, the home of your baby, as your baby is growing, your uterus is the home for your baby. And it stretches even 500X its original size, which is literally a miracle, but um, it's going to take time for your, for your body to to make its uterus go back to its original size. So if you feel like your belly is kind of hanging out in those first 12 to really 52 weeks, it could be your uterus just shrinking back to its original size. So we're going to tie that into exercise here in a moment. But um, just because you feel like your belly is a little bit bigger after you have a baby right in the beginning, don't let that be a reason that you feel 
like discouraged about fitness or discouraged and thinking I'm never, ever, ever going to be the same. This is just me now. Your body will change drastically every single week after you have a baby with these right habits and principles in place. And you did have a baby. So, you, you know, being able to respect your body and have grace as you're approaching not only the early days of postpartum, but the first year postpartum, we need to be giving our ourselves grace because you literally created a human. So hormonal shifts definitely are going to impact physical recovery and exercise tolerance. And that's going to be different for everybody. So like even hormones are going to be the home for how you're emotionally feeling. If you feel like you have rages or you have major ups and major downs in the early postpartum season, which is very common, it's it is in a sense normal. We know that with the right principles in place that they might not be as dramatic, although um, it is very common in those first six to 12 weeks to feel just not like yourself. And so all of those shifts that are happening right after you have a baby can definitely be the reason for that. Um, and we just want to be able to acknowledge that and say, and if you're a first time mom and you're pregnant and this is something you know, that is ahead of you. They kind of call it trimester four, which is that first 12 week frame where you're just exhausted and hormones are, they are shifting dramatically. Just, we want to just have awareness that that is part of the journey and then to not feel alone or like there's something wrong with us as we're navigating that time, because this is, it's a, it's a very transitional time, beautiful transitional time. Um, so hormones are the home for that. And so we want to acknowledge that. And so for tying this back to uh, physical activity, exercise tolerance, what we want to recognize is that we can be on our feet and we can be active, but we also want to just make sure that we are in tune with our body. So if you start walking, let's say, which is really a great place to start for every mom is just being on your feet a little bit more. You don't need to feel like you have to go on a mile walk because even a mile might be a little bit extensive. Even the first like 10 minute, like starting at 10 minutes in the morning and maybe it's a nice time of the year for you um, when you are having your baby, like maybe it's like May um, and it's still kind of spring. Starting with 10 minutes walking outside is a great starting place and just do 10 minutes and gradually increase it as you, every single week you can up, you can up it by like even two minutes. So it's just, if you have a, a, a route that you take around your neighborhood, it could be walking an extra minute. It could be walking to the next stop sign and then just kind of um, extending the amount of time or distance, <clears throat> excuse me, that you're walking in those very early, early, early seasons. So hormones are going to play a role in how, um, like you're digesting food, how you're feeling, like even like how your, like how your mind feels and how just your body feels overall, because the hormones are also going to be the home for recovery. So if you feel like it's too much on your body, or if you experience anything like bleeding, definitely take a step back and know like you don't have to feel like you have to push yourself. So it's all as is comfortable. Um, and then setting realistic expectations to say, I don't need to be going, I don't need to feel like I have to be exercising like I was prior to my baby. I can relax. Okay. And, but I can also, you know, participate in physical activity as comfortable, but for that first, um, those first like four weeks, like I said, starting at 10 minutes and incrementally going up, I think is a great 
a great place to start. So lots of physical changes happening and we want to make sure that we are in tune with that. Um, so importance of rest and recovery is kind of the next topic I wanted to address in the same kind of ballpark topic. Um, so when it comes to rest and recovery, you're going to feel so exhausted. Those first like 12 weeks, you're just going to feel tired and it might not really catch up with you until like weeks five or six where you're like, holy majoli, I have a lot of brain fog and it could just, you know, when our babies aren't sleeping through the night or when we have some hard nights, it can definitely, they can definitely compile. So as rest and recovery is very important and like be willing. And so what does this actually even mean? (laughs) It means being willing or being okay with taking contact naps with your baby. It means um, if you feel like it's been a long day and you're contemplating on doing a workout, ask yourself how you're actually going to feel refreshed in that moment. Will you feel better if you sleep? Will you feel better if you go and get a workout in? So that's a question that you can ask yourself to kind of define that line between I don't know which one I want to do. And really sleeping throughout the day, it it comes as like, I mean, in my personal opinion and just talking to other moms, it's hard to even find time to take a nap during the day, especially if your spouse or significant other is not home with the baby as well. So it might not even really be an option to just simply take a nap. (laughs) And, And so there's other means of rest though. So like sitting down, being in tune with your body and kind of checking in with yourself. There's in in my fitness for pregnancy program for the first six weeks postpartum, I have affirmations in there and I have resources for taking like designating even five minutes for yourself to check in with yourself. So I think that can even fall in the realm of rest and recovery is just being in tune with yourself, practicing affirmations, resetting in ways that make you feel good. So knowing that that's a great strategy, I think is also really helpful. Um, But uh, yeah, so if we're tying this to exercise as far as rest and recovery goes, I I think one really one thing you can do that isn't over the top but still good is something that you can include into your weekly routine to help you feel better like i said is the 10 minutes of walking and you can even do that every day i think if you make a goal and put it at the same time of the of the day maybe it's when your baby's taking their morning nap go on a walk um can be one way you can do that. Or if you have a treadmill or a bike at home, let's say it's in the house or in the basement and you're down, you can bring the baby downstairs for those 10 minutes and just make it consistent so that it feels like it's part of your routine. I think that's not overdoing it. I think that's a great way to get some additional um, movement in. And so a way that you can challenge yourself in the walking space is the pace of your walking. So we don't need to feel like we have to, you know, bust butt and go as fast as we can when we're walking. And I don't necessarily want you running either. I feel like, I mean, if you've been a runner your whole life and you had, you had, you were running throughout your pregnancy without any pain, I think that's a situation maybe you could consider doing a light jog within like maybe like after, um, you're cleared for exercise at week six, but especially those first six weeks postpartum, um, I think walking is going to be just good for everybody. Um, and it's just a way to stay on your feet. So if you're using a treadmill, you could potentially try walking incline. Um, and then as you're checking in with yourself, as you're doing those, you know, that additional movement, just ask yourself, you know, how am I feeling? And if you experience any sort of bleeding, I think that's a great opportunity to reach out to your healthcare provider um, and then just take a step back as well. So 
rest and recovery plays a role definitely it doesn't have to mean sleep um it can also mean asking for asking for help like asking your mom or your mother-in-law or a friend to help you with something you might need help with and they would be more than willing to help you like if i had a friend reach out to me and say hey could you um even like take my toddler next thursday while i prep dinner or something like your friends are very, very, very willing to help you. So know that you can ask help and know you're not a burden to people around you. We were literally designed to help each other. So reach out to people for help if you feel like you need extra rest and recovery. Um, so, so yeah, kind of wanted to touch on that. And then just putting an, an, another exclamation point next to signs to watch out for. So if you're, if you're overdoing it and you have any pain, like in your pelvic region or let's say you did have a C-section and you're trying to navigate, you know, what, where the line is for you, just be, just be in tune and know that we want to acknowledge how like the insurgent site is feeling, um, any heaviness in your pelvic floor region. We definitely also want to be able to like, remember that's, that's super important. And there's a lot happening in those first six weeks as your body is healing, you're going to experience um, cramping as your uterus does return back to its normal size. And as you're feeding like oxytocin and our lactation hormones, they, they do play a role in like cramping and breast swelling. So no, you know, some of those things are expected, but if you feel like anything's off, just take a step back and know that taking a step back is more important than continuing to try to push hard, um, with exercise in the postpartum setting. However, it is possible to continue moving your body. So I did want to touch more on um, like what type of exercises are going to be safe for the postpartum season. So this is kind of like main topic number things I think are are going to be helpful for you. And so the first thing is core strengthening. So you can start core strengthening literally day one after you have a baby. And I'm not talking about sit-ups and planks. That's not what I'm talking about. Um but and I'll tie, I'll talk more about that in a minute. But core strengthening, um, strength tra- tr- strength training, and starting slow with walking and slash or other sorts of cardio um, can also be something that we can do in that early postpartum season. So um, let's go ahead and start here with the core strengthening. So what even is that? <laughs> so when we're talking about your core, we're really talking about like the trunk of your body, what's holding your body, what's allowing you to, you, your core as a unit is allowing you to respond to anything around you. It's allowing you to twist and bend and your, your core is playing actually a very major role in your body posture and how you feel every day, how you move every day is really all happening in our core. <laughs> okay. So our TVA muscle or, or transverse abdominals are the biggest core muscle in our inner core unit. And the, these muscles, they, they start at the back of your spine and they wrap to the front of your, the front of your belly. They connect to your pelvis and your rib cage. So they're big. And when we go through pregnancy, our, those TVA muscles there, that's what's stretched to like the absolute max. Um, our whole, our whole core is, but our TVA really does take a tool there as well. So to be in tune with our transverse abdominals and our core unit, which is also including our pelvic floor, um, it really does start with breathing. And if you have been around on this podcast a while, I, you know, I talk a lot about this, but the proper way of breathing being diaphragmatic breathing, if you were like in band or you played instruments in the past, you were taught how to breathe through your belly. 
And it's really the same concept. Um, it's this idea where we're not breathing into our chest, we're breathing into our belly, into our lower rib cage, our pelvic floor is involved. And really like that, that's the first core strengthening um, core awareness exercise that you can do literally an hour after you have your baby. And the more that you do this, the more your body, like the better your body can heal and the less chance we have of developing any sort of core dysfunction, like diastasis recti. So that is one reason why it's so important to be in tune with your core so that it can heal, um, to the best of its ability after you have your baby. So other core strengthening exercises really, I mean, there's a whole core program that I do have that kind of pairs and matches different core exercises from the day that you give birth until the first six weeks postpartum and after. But even the first four to six weeks postpartum, you what you can do is you can do three minutes of diaphragmatic breathing every day. And then um, you can turn that breath into a core exercise just by kind of in a sense, like flexing your core, um, it takes the, the breath one step further. So what you would do is you would inhale and you would fill your belly with air. You would you would um, kind of picture like a 360 expansion in your rib cage and you would fill your belly with air. And on the exhale, you would make like a sound and you would tighten your core and you would make sure your pelvic floor is also engaged. And it's nuts because those first, like even six months postpartum, you might feel like your core is just non-existent. You might, you might catch yourself being just wondering where in the world did my core go? I, I can't believe how many daily activities were involved in just general core strength. And it's, it's so true. And, and it's possible to feel stronger and to, allow your core to heal so that it can function at, at its highest potential, which is is important for way more than cosmetic reasons. It, it's going to allow you to, as far as your pelvic floor goes, when we have, when we are in tune with our pelvic floor and we have a, not a too, not a, not a pelvic floor that's too strong because we can have a pelvic floor that's, you know, hypertension, there's hypertension happening and we can have a pelvic floor that's kind of, in a sense, it's not strong enough. It's just a little bit loose and it's not allowing us to you know, we might be leaking when we pee. Um, so th those things are not normal, although they are very common. And so we want to be able to, they call it a flexible gymnast pelvic floor where it's not, it's not too, there's not too much tension and there's also um, more tension than, um, I, I'm trying to think what I want to say, like what words I want to use. And I, I'm having like a mind blank moment, <laughs> but um so we don't want it to be to have too much tension and then we also want there to be enough tension, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So that does start, it could start the day after you have your baby. Um, but a yoga, a little yoga ball or a little yoga block can be also a really great tool. Um, if you lay on your back and you put that yoga ball or the yoga, um, the yoga block in between your knees, even like squeezing the ball with your knees on the exhale of that diaphragmatic breath or that core breath can also be a really great way to engage your pelvic floor and your your TVA muscles. So those that I think that's a great place to start. And I think even even starting with like three minutes a day, pick a time to do your diaphragmatic breathing and do that for the first six weeks. And then as you are cleared for exercise, 
then we can up the intensity of your core work, but breathing and the core breath, so turning that breath into an exercise, are going to be two places that you can start that are going to make a difference. So that is one thing with core strengthening. I definitely wanted to just bring awareness to um, as you're in those early, early days of postpartum. So what we want to avoid as far as core strengthening goes is we want to still be mindful of our core as we were mindful of it when we were pregnant. When you were pregnant and you were nearing the end of your pregnancy, you might have read before or have known to go to your side to get up. So those same principles are going to apply in the first four weeks of postpartum, especially because you're you, when you come up like in that seated position where you're you're engaging your those six-pack muscles or the muscles right in the front of your belly, though that's going to be hard. And so you can continue going to your side to get up and not be putting any additional pressure um, on the midline of your of your core. So um want to continue avoiding that and then y- you you will get stronger. Okay. It's you can you won't You can't expect to feel like your core is just where it was before after you have your baby. And that's okay. I mean, I was nine months postpartum with Jayla when I feel like I finally got my functionality back in my core and the strength that I had prior to pregnancy. So it does take that much time and that's okay. That's okay. Because at the end of the day, this is all, this is a journey. And this is why establishing habits in your fitness life is important because the longevity of it is going to be what makes the biggest difference. So keep going, keep going. Okay. Um, the next thing that I wanted to talk about is strength training and cardio. So strength training, I would say, so a realistic goal for strength training. So when we think strength training, we think dumbbells and resistance bands really. And when you are in this first 12 weeks postpartum, you don't necessarily need to be leaving to go to the gym. If you are craving the gym and you want to go to the gym, I think that's okay. Maybe like after like week six, after you're technically cleared for exercise could be a good time to say, okay, I'm going to make goals to go to the gym. Um, And I think that's great. You don't have to feel like you have to return to exactly what you were doing pre-pregnancy. Start in a place that feels like it'll be easy and do some self-check-ins as you're there and gradually increase the weight that you're lifting or intensity of your workouts as you go. And so let's talk about those first six weeks postpartum with strength training. I think the first three weeks, I don't think you, it's not something that you necessarily need to be thinking about. Um, I think focusing on the diaphragmatic breathing and the walking can be a really great goal those first three weeks. And then if you wanted to incorporate some strength training, which holding your baby, especially if your baby is a wrap, you know, likes the wrap or you are a baby wearing mom, which I definitely am and was, um, with both of my babies, Liam is out of the wrap now. So I spent like probably nine months in the wrap with him. So totally get it. But that is that's hard work. <laughs> okay. Especially when your baby gets bigger. The the babies are they do get heavier. So um strength training after week three, what you can do is you can say, okay, three times a week, I'm going to literally do that just like a 20-minute workout. And it doesn't have to be anything extensive. Your goal isn't to sweat a whole bunch. Your goal is to engage your muscles, to give yourself even a time to focus on you is honestly one of the main reasons that the moms in my programs are like eager to have something to follow because they love going into the app and they love seeing what's scheduled for them. They love that it's 20 minutes long and then it's not 
too much. It doesn't overdo it. It's a way for you to get your mind, like for you to focus on yourself and then for you to work your muscles, which I mean, who doesn't love happy endorphins? It's it's a real, real, real thing after you exercise. So it is a mood booster, which in those first 12 weeks postpartum, you, having a mood booster will be something that carries you through your days. So of those 20 minutes, what you can do is just very, very, very simple stuff. So squats and lunges. Maybe you can do um, something with the dumbbells like shoulder exercises such as a lateral raise or a front raise or if you have if you've done strength training programs in the past and they're just simple stationary exercises odds are they're going to be safe for you as long as they don't put a lot of pressure on your core so things that we could potentially want to avoid are really anything where you have to lay down and come up like i was saying before where you're loading the spine is what that's called when you crunch upwards and you put a lot of pressure on the front of your belly, that is one that we do want to avoid. Um, So no crunch variations. We don't need to be doing any any crunch variations or sit-up variations. Even like a plank and a sit-up, I wouldn't say is the best exercise at that time either because that also puts a lot of pressure on the front of your core when you are in that position where your arms are in front of you. It does take a lot of core strength to do those exercises. So we can avoid anything in um like in, in like a push like in a push in the push-up world or the plank world i think we can avoid exercises like those but ones where you are on your two feet or you're using an exercise ball for balance or stability that can also be a really good tool so um another one that you could do is the glute bridge so that's when you're laying down on the ground and your feet are planted out in front of you and you thrust your hips up like towards the ceiling and your goal isn't to go as high as possible your goal is to kind of scoop your pelvis towards your face as if there was like a bowl of water on your pubic bone and as you're bringing your hips to the sky you would like want to kind of scoop the bowl of water to pour onto your like onto your chest or onto your face kind of maybe a weird analogy but i've heard that once and i think it makes a lot of sense (laughs) so that's a really good exercise that engages your glutes and also engages your core and pelvic floor in a very, very friendly way. So you can pick four exercises. You can do three sets of 10 for all of them. And that can be your workout for the day. And that can be enough. That is enough because one of your goals at this point in your pregnancy or at this point in your postpartum journey is to keep a habit and to give time for you. That's why this is important. And and also, it, we do, we can and will build strength. But when we can, and even when we can engage it in those first six weeks or like from like, from like weeks three to eight, we are, like we are maintaining strength in that way. It, it really doesn't take a lot of effort to maintain strength. I mean, you could do like three 20 minute workouts a week and you could maintain strength. And when you lose strength, I mean, if we did like 16 weeks of no exercise, like no challenging exercise, no challenging exercise, that's when we're putting ourselves in a situation where we do lose strength um, in muscle mass. So it really doesn't take a whole lot to maintain it. So that's kind of your goal at this point in your in your journey is to keep it a habit and to maintain it safely um, while engaging your muscles. It's going to help you. And you're going to feel like, I mean, you're going to have... 
a cramping upper back. Okay, you're going to feel tight. Your neck's going to kind of feel wonky, um, especially if you end up in these weird sleeping positions. But when we can create this habit and incorporate the strength training and the flexibility, you're going to feel like literally a whole new woman. So it's possible for you too. And I would say that kind of ties up my strength training topic. Um, and then I did want to touch a little bit on cardio as well. So low impact cardio, I think walking in this stage of your life can be considered cardio. Um, I think, like I said, 10 minutes a day is a great goal to start. And then, um, if you have like a bike at home or something, that's also an option for you. I mean, if you, you just gave birth and you're going to be sore down there. So you don't, you don't have to use the bike either. You can wait until you're comfortable to use the bike, but it is a tool in your toolbox, especially after you're cleared for exercise. And maybe that's a question to ask your provider. Like if you did have tearing or you still feel like you're healing, you can ask them about the bike and they, they may or may not have a specific recommendation for you. Um, exercise is kind of like its own topic um with your gynecologist they may or may not know all the exact answers and i'm i'm not saying i'm smarter than your gynecologist because i i am not smarter than your gynecologist but i i do have a different specialty than you know than that so like so no there are different professionals to talk to a pelvic floor therapist can also be a really great resource in your toolbox um obviously your healthcare provider is going to be the the first person to recommend anything for you but um know that some of those questions they might not they might they may or may not know the answers to. I think it all comes back to what you're comfortable with, which is sometimes a frustrating question or I'm sorry, a, a frustrating answer because it's like, well, I don't know what's best for me. But um but that's really going to be the home of what's going to be able to kind of guide you in in a sense. So, let me know if you have questions, but I feel like I feel like as far as the bike goes, it, it could potentially wait. Um, I feel like it wouldn't be the first. I would rather you walk than be on the bike. Um, swimming is also another, if you feel comfortable in the water and you're looking to have some of that time to yourself, uh, that's probably a little bit of a harder one for you to get out of the house and do. But if you have the means and the time to do that, then I think that can also be a very great low impact cardio option as well. It would be... Um, swimming or water yoga can kind of be an option. So that may or may not be available near you, but that could be a tool that you could, that you could refer to. Um, so that kind of covers the, what to do as far as safe exercise goes in the first 12 weeks postpartum. And then I wanted to touch a little bit on nutrition here. I'm not a new, I, I'm not like a nutrition specialist for, you know, for, for pregnancy. However, um, with the education I do have, I do want to share some tips with you that I feel like are going to be helpful for you, um, that I feel safe and like I'm in my zone to share with you. So, um, so nutrition for pregnancy. So prioritizing nutrient-rich foods is definitely going to be important. And so this is like the colors of the rainbow, fruits and vegetables. They have fiber. They're going to keep you fuller longer. Um and increasing your your uh, fluid intake as necessary. So water alone um, isn't going to be isn't going to suffice for proper hydration in that early postpartum season, especially if you are wanting to have like wanting to optimize your milk supply. I think having making sure your mineral like making sure you're getting minerals and salt in 
are two things that are going to be important. And then trying to include electrolytes if possible. So a couple of brands that I do like for electrolytes are LMNT and Ultima. And 22 Nutrition has a good electrolyte blend as well. But that's going to be a great way for you to optimize your hydration. And don't, in, in this early season, you don't have to feel like you want to focus on weight loss because that should not be your primary goal. Your primary goal should be frequent meals, healthy snacking, lots of colors, nuts and seeds. We're thinking meats like good quality grass-fed meats, ideally from a local farmer, is going to be one way to to make sure that your foods are as nutrient-dense as possible. Um, and you might be surprised, like that, that might be a little overwhelming for you to hear, but you might be surprised how easy it is to just look up, you know, local meat near me, and boom, there's a farm nearby, and you can go there and you can say, I'd like to purchase um, a quarter cow or a half cow, and they're going to help you out and they'll have options. And so ideally it's the, they're, it's grass, they're grass fed animals. And that's going to be a really good quality meat that you can feel so good about. And honestly, well, that's what we do up here um, in Michigan. And I love having a freezer just full of meat all the time. It's so nice because I don't have to put it on my grocery list throughout the week. If I want to make something with, we have ground beef and pork out there we have sausage and bacon and I mean all sorts of like big cut meats. We have um, ground beef out there, different steak cuts. Um, and so there's, I mean, it's always available. So definitely consider that, but you want to be including meat into your diet. And if you're a vegetarian, um, maybe reflect on that. There's a lot of nutrients and vitamins and minerals that come from meat that are the primary source of different proteins and amino acids that are going to be helping us heal and provide a nutrient-rich milk, really. So maybe reflect on that. If you are a vegetarian, I'm not telling you to necessarily do one more one thing or the other, but that that's going to be our best way to, to have the widest variety um, of nutrients from a protein standpoint. So definitely consider that, like reflect on maybe like on your eating habits and say, you know, is there a certain reason I'm doing X, Y, Z things, or can I be making some positive changes in some other areas? So grass-fed meat is outstanding. (laughs) And so definitely include meat three times a day, even for, to have a good calorie from a calorie perspective, and then from a healing perspective as well. Um, Another thing is like managing hunger and and energy levels in this first, like that, that very initial period of postpartum. Um, your hunger levels are probably going to be all over the place. You're probably going to feel hungry more often than not. And you might be like, oh my gosh, what's happening to me? Well, your energy demands are going to be higher, especially if you're a breastfeeding mom. So it's definitely a thing for breastfeeding moms to just be hungrier. You need even like 500 additional calories a day to keep up with your supply. And so if you feel like you were, you weren't eating enough prior to pregnancy, that might be a really, really big jump to be consuming enough calories after you have your baby. Um, but don't let weight loss get in the way of you feeling like you're eating like too little or too much. Follow your hunger cues, be prioritizing healthy fats, cook with grass-fed butter and coconut oil, eat eggs every day. And those grass-fed meats are going to be also really good from a calorie standpoint and a like an essential nutrient standpoint 
Um, so I definitely just wanted to touch on that. Um, you have hunger hormones in your body. So leptin and ghrelin are your hunger hormones and they're kind of the home for telling your body if you're hungry or not. And with the lack of sleep, we could potentially have elevated hunger levels or we will have elevated hunger levels. And so just, just listen to them. Um, you, and, and practice your mindset strategy too. If that's something that you feel like you're going to struggle with, practice your mindset strategy towards that. But food is good for you and for baby. So keep eating all of the, like the colors of the rainbow, like I mentioned before. And so I just wanted to put some little nuggets in there for nutrition because that does play a role in proper recovery for your postpartum setting. And then as far as workouts go, um, I just want to touch on emotional well-being and support. So there's a couple things here that I think are really helpful for you. And it is knowing that movement does play a role in your mood and your endorphins and postpartum depression and anxiety can be common after you give birth. So this can be a tool in your toolbox for feeling your best. And then setting realistic expectations is also going to be like very valuable because you want to be able to achieve what you're, the goal in front of you. You want to also avoid frustration and burnout. And we want to be able to prioritize recovery in this certain, very short, really, season of your life where you are 12 weeks postpartum and you are trying to figure out what in the world to focus on to feel your best. Just set realistic expectations for yourself. I think three 20 minute workouts a day. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> three 20 minute workouts a week is a great place to start. And one of those could be um, walking. Um, you can even look up post like postpartum yoga. Um, I have postpartum fitness plans that you can follow. You can reach out to me and get you started on those. Even before you have your baby, like if you're seven months pregnant and you're like, I want to plan after I have my baby or up until I have a baby, reach out to me. I would love to help you. Um, the bump is another really great resource for movement in the postpartum and pregnancy setting. So there are resources available for you and you can move with confidence. So know that, um, setting realistic expectations is huge to help you feel successful, but then also avoid burnout. And then building your support team is also so important. Um, ask for help. You are not a burden to the people around you. If you have another mom who recently had a baby, like get together with them. Um, it might feel like a little bit of like a stretch sometimes to like leave the house with your baby. Um, but maybe even making it a goal to leave like once a week and do something or having those like habits in place for, for people in community is really, really, really good, especially for a first time mom. So maybe some things to think about. And then the last thing is balancing exercise with new responsibilities. So time management is going to be difficult because your routines are going to kind of get flipped when you do have a baby. And those first like four weeks, babies definitely do sleep a lot. So maybe it might not be like super, 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 super difficult to find time for you, depending on how many kids you have. But it is possible to find those that 20 minute frame to focus on you. And you can even, you know, find ideas for including the baby into your movement routine. Um, whether they're awake and you're just, you're doing your 20 minutes next to them. Um, you can wear your baby on a walk. You can go on a walk with the stroller. There's been like one thing the kids and I would do 
is I would walk them in the stroller to a park, which is actually a half mile away. It's kind of perfect. And when we got there, I would do like 10 minutes of movement. Um, sometimes they would be sleeping. So I would just do like a 10 minute hit workout and then they would, Jayla would either play at the park or we would just walk home. So that's a way you can get them involved, but it's definitely, um, it's more than just feeling good or I'm sorry. It's, well, yeah, it's more than just feeling like it's helping you look better because that's obviously a positive, but then you're instilling good habits in your life. You're getting them involved. If your kids are like 70% more likely, it's like a crazy, it's a crazy statistic. They're so much more likely to be active if you are active. So that's even a motivational factor in itself because you want your kids to have long, healthy, active lives. So be that role model first. And yeah, time management, time management will be hard. The first year postpartum, that will be constantly changing. So don't let that discourage you because every mom has to navigate that and find ways to kind of mix it up along the way. So you know, a local gym might have childcare, try going two times a week or make a one goal a week to do your workout with your baby. Or once you kind of feel caught up on sleep, maybe you can try morning workouts before the baby wakes up. That That's one thing I have been in and out of, I would say the last year, we co-sleep with our kids. So I sometimes can't just kind of get out of bed without waking up together. So, you know, every house and every mom has a different situation. So what works for one mom might not work for you, but being willing to try new things, being willing to sit down and be reflective goes a really long way and know that it's possible. Okay. It's possible for you to feel like a fit mom. There was actually one, um, one woman who just went through the sustainable fat loss solution group program. Well, actually there's actually several that have young kids. Um, the one that I just thought of her baby is going on a year. Um, but, and when she joined, she was taking her kid, her very young infant to the gym with her. And she continues to do that. And that has been what's worked for her. She goes with her mom or her sister and they bring the baby and they all work out together and, that it like that is working for her and she's out making an outstanding um she's being an outstanding role model for her for her little boy so finding what works for you is definitely one of the the biggest pieces to the puzzle but know that there are people out there who are willing to help and so uh, yeah i think that covers everything on the topic today if you have questions please let me know if you enjoyed the episode, definitely leave us a five-star review so we can continue impacting moms everywhere. But thank you so much. I look forward to chatting again soon.